You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 56 and we are speaking with Tim Brown from Hook Agency and we're going to be digging into content for agencies and how content marketing can drive obviously traffic as well as new clients because that's more important. That's the main thing. Yeah, Tim. So thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it very much. Uh, This is such a great topic. And I just realized yet again, I said the same thing I say all the time. Um, Content content is an awesome topic because uh, like it it is my number one strategy right now with Content Snare uh, to try and attract agencies. So we write content for agencies to try and get them in. I mean, that's what this podcast is, right? It's It's a content marketing piece to get our target client in. And I know with agencies, I see so many questions about like, writing content, people just don't know what to write. So this is, uh, this, I can see there's going to be a lot of actionable stuff in here. So let's start with a little bit about uh, Hook Agency and, and you, because I can see you've done some pretty awesome stuff uh, like with your content marketing. Thank you so much, man. And yeah, I think it's interesting. I was just at a conference this past Friday and somebody was up at speaking and it was, you know, an agency guy talking to a bunch of other agencies and he's like, and how many of you actually get clients from your website? He was essentially saying most of our clients come from referrals. So yeah. how many of you guys get your clients from your website? And then very few people or almost no one raised their hand from, the, from your website. And I was like, what? Because we get a lot of clients from our website. And we actually get a, a quite a few leads, at least, from our actual content pieces because we just embed forms in our content, especially when it's doing well, we just are like, all right, oh, yeah. you've read a, you've read a bunch of content. Huh? Would you like a free consultation? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, we lower the bar a lot because, uh, you know, our sales guy wants stuff to do. So. Yeah. And I would say that's pretty normal. Yeah. Like, uh, that no one is really getting leads from their website. Uh, I mean, we yeah. didn't when we had an agency, unless, we started ranking for some agency specific terms. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I don't, everyone talks about referrals as their main channel, I which that. I mean, yeah, it, I love referrals cool. and you should get better with them. But if you're not getting some from your site, to me, that's a weakness, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's also less predictable. That's a big yeah. part of referrals is it's like, it, it kind of always worked out for us. We'd be sitting there like, Oh God, like mm. I, haven't had a referral in a while and we've got some blank space coming up in the schedule. I hope we can fill it. And then it would just magically happen and we'd end up with a referral. And like, I felt like we were skating on thin ice all the time relying on referrals. So, um, I mean, all my other businesses have always been so heavy on content. Uh, So that's why I really am uh, looking forward to hearing what you've got to say and how, and how this has worked for you. Yeah. Let me just kind of give you a little backstory. I originally, I I didn't realize there was anything else to search engine optimization besides content uh, many, many years ago. And I started blogging just, just from the very, it's from the very beginning, 
seven years ago, did my first blog post. It was very me focused. It was like, yeah, this is my specialty and aren't you interested? And then I slowly grew <laughs> into content a little bit, realized no one cares about me. It needs to be absolutely about them, it needs to solve something for them. And I started to kind of grow in that way. I, I realized that really comprehensive content was a way to get people in. And I had not yet figured out how to do comprehensive content that actually sold business. I just would do comprehensive content on something that was interesting to me. Like back in the day, I did like, I would, on my, it was a designer's website because I wasn't yet an agency. I was just a designer. And I would do something on like hand lettering and I would do a giant guide and that giant guide would get like 250 people to it a day. So I figured out how to get traffic, but not yet. That's not going to sell me anything because I don't actually sell hand lettering. I just was interested in it. Um, um, man, just, yeah. just quickly on that, yeah. like giant guide thing. That's the same way I think with content too. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are starting to realize this and a lot of people are talking about this now, but there was a real push a while ago to make sure you're doing a blog post every week and all this kind of stuff. And like, to me, unless you've got a big team behind you, you can't do a giant guide every week. Yeah. Like it's just too much. It's just too much in it. But if you spend a lot of time on a really good piece of content that ranks well for various things, which I'm sure we'll get into, yeah. uh, then that one blog post will be way more effective than 10 like shitty pieces of content so, that you just put together for the sake of putting stuff together. Agreed. And, I, you know, if, if you're just starting on this, maybe a good rhythm might be like three kind of more regular size blog posts and one really you know, comprehensive guide a month or something like that, where you've got like, you want to have a rhythm though. You want to have a, a pretty good idea about what you're going to be doing every month. And so the progression kept going where I realized, then I realized links were really important for us. Yeah. At some point along this journey, it started to get more traffic for things that actually brought in leads on a regular basis. And at a certain point, I niched, or we niched into construction and contractors a little bit more heavily. And honestly, I think that that's where more of like the leads started to come because like from content. Um, otherwise, we had our geographical um, targeting like Minneapolis, Minnesota terms and stuff like that, anything around here. And there's enough volume of business that Minneapolis web design and like Minneapolis SEO and things like that created business. But I think once you start to niche your content, so we, we're putting out content about like contractors and how to attract good talent in the contractor space, how to do better bids, how to name your company, how to do PPC ads and SEO for your contractor. But you know what I mean? Um, and like other ways to get leads for your contractor business. So we talked about home advisor. We talked about houses. we talked about these these websites that serve that niche and the drawbacks to not owning your marketing and things like that. So we started to really chew on the niche thing. So the first, yeah, well, it's going to make it so much yeah. easier to come up with content ideas too, yeah, right? Exactly. Because if I think about like a generalist agency, it's like, what are we going to write about? Like, how to choose a web designer yeah. or something, you know, like that's no one, no one wants to read. You, that. Can, you can write that post like five times. So like it gets boring. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh, if I, if I'm going to read how to choose a web designer from an agency, yeah. from a web designer, you know, yeah. that seems a little biased. <laughs> yeah. So, so like if you're just writing helpful content for your target audience, I mean, that's like, there's so many things, exactly. especially if you're, 
so many things you can help them with, especially if these are the clients you're working with day in, day out, and you know uh, what they what kind of things exactly. they should be doing. Exactly. And I just yeah. got back from hanging out with an ideal client of ours who's a roofer. And I just, at the end of the thing, I sold him a couple, I upsold, upsold him a couple things. Um, we're doing SEO for him and we're, we're going to do some email marketing and some PPC for him. Um, so, you know, yeah. wah, wah, wah. So the sales horn. Here, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I basically asked them at the end, I was like, Hey guys, if there's any other questions you have about marketing in general, just don't, don't uh, hesitate to just ask. I will take it as a personal research opportunity and to go and look for things. So like, they're like, Hey, what's the ROI on radio advertising for contractors? Hey, what's the ROI on, you know, direct mail for contract. These aren't things that I normally think of myself to be Mm -hmm. honest, but that's something they're thinking about day in and day out. So another point that I have is just complete empathy for your ideal customer and really asking on a regular basis, asking, Hey, what would you want me to do a little bit of research on? I'm going to be researching something. I got to write my blog post this week. So I might as well research something that you would be interested in because you are my favorite. You're one of my favorite clients and I want to attract more people like you. And I say that kind of stuff to them. You know what I mean? I don't mind them knowing that they're the exact kind of client that we want to continue to get more of. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that a few times, actually, like asking your audience uh, or asking your clients for basically questions uh, and and just compiling a list of the questions that you do get. Uh, Like a lot of people talk about that, you know, like what are the questions you get from clients all the time? Write those into blog posts or even podcasts and this kind of stuff, like short form podcasts. But I really like that idea of prompting them. Yeah. Uh, this is something I've done a little bit in my Facebook group, uh, like try for exactly this reason for podcast topics, right? Um, but you just made me realize that I can totally do this in better and different ways that I'm going to add to my. I just took a note, uh, so I'm going to go away and and make sure I'm asking agencies about stuff. Heck yeah, uh, that yeah. I, I can roll. And we, yeah. we have like you know we have a lot of different kinds of clients. Um, contractors being one of the the best um, kind of niches that we've got right now. But we talked to, I talked to our sales guy and I've kind of given him, you know, I, I, it's somewhat new for me to have a separate sales guy from me. I was the guy running the sales up to six, 700 K. And then now he's going to bring us to a million and beyond or whatever. The, I want him though, to feel free to commission content from me as a subject matter expert. Um, not a subject matter on expert, uh, expert on everything, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to kind of dive in and write content. I think that no matter what kind of business um, your clients are in or you're in, like I know that you're serving agencies, but for them talking to their clients, it's telling them to ask the sales guy to commission content or to come up with these questions like that they get often in the sales process. Yeah. Cause that's literally the best content ideas that you can get are directly from the salesperson who's dealing with that prospect. That's just not there yet. But if they had a blog post in front of them, if they had a LinkedIn video in front of them that explained it in a minute, they explained the sticking point in a minute, then mm. there's opportunity to, to help these people uh, to deal with these objections that, I'd love yeah. 
So I love to dig into that LinkedIn video yeah. thing because I know you mentioned that yeah. earlier. But first, I just wanted to really emphasize a point that you said there that like you might not be an expert, but you can research. And I think that's crucial, right? Because this this holds me back on content quite a bit. Where yeah, uh, like I'm I'm reading about content governance at the moment, and I'm like, what the fuck is content government governance? Is you know, like this is like a I know it's like this enterprisey term yeah. that. Like, uh, and so I've started learning about it and reading about it. Um, the only reason I discovered it is because um, I've seen it used in some like content strategy yeah, circles. What is content government? Look, I can't even tell you. But, <laughs> I did, I, but I read about it and I'm like, oh, okay. Like the, the concepts seem pretty simple, but now, like, I don't think I'd write a blog post on it yet. But my point is I know a lot more about it now and you can totally write content by um, bringing together other like research like that. This is, this is like what we did at university, right? It's like, uh, right. I was an engineer. So I'd be like, write some piece and it's like on bridges. I'm like, I don't know Jack all about bridges. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if Americans say Jack all that might No, be but I like it. <laughs> I know nothing about bridges, yeah. uh, but you'd have to learn and you like reading textbooks yeah. and writing summaries and providing like you're actually writing something that could be useful to someone that knows nothing about bridges uh you know just by summarizing the other stuff that's out there absolutely so I and i think you got to give yourself permission to try and to get better at summarizing and to get better at curating content and hmm. the other thing is is i have i have a podcast for contractors um and i don't know everything for contractors so isn't that awkward? No, but I do know some things which are, you know, I know how to, you know, I know things around management. I know things around marketing. I know things around sales. And then there's this other half of it, which is like the bidding process. And there some things related to their hiring and things that I, I don't know admin side. So I have a guest, like a recurring guest that I bring on that that has done that, that it was, has been part of a construction administration, you know, organization before as a consultant. And so he comes in and I pay him to be part of this podcast and to kind of fill in that gap because I have empathy for this audience and I want them to get better. And I, I think that me pretending I knew about bidding or, you know, change orders in construction would be a really bad idea. So <laughs> You know, even even just you know reading a blog post and summarize it, summarizing it at this point probably wouldn't count because these guys are you know they're seriously, they're, they're they're it's hurting it's hurting their organization and so they need to have somebody real <laughs> some real yeah real well, I don't yeah. necessarily mean like, go out and summarize no I do that post. too though I'm not I'm not ripping yeah. on that I'm just saying like at a certain point. There is this other thing too, where it's like we can bring in an expert. Well, experience, yeah. right? That's the big thing. Yeah. So, but I think you can. I get the point I was trying to yeah. make is that you don't need to be an expert to create good content. Yeah. Like I think that would hold a lot of people back. Yeah. You can, you can learn a lot from research and then bring your own experience into that topic as well. Right. Like I'm not just saying like summarize five blog posts yeah. and write them as your own, um, but. You know, you can bring your own experience to it as well. And and you were talking there about having like you don't know everything about uh, contractors. Like, why do you think this podcast exists? Where yeah. I interview guests because yeah. like I haven't taken on an agency client in probably what 
probably six months. We have like one single client yeah. that we do a lot of work for with new projects. But um, I am like, I worry that I'm going to lose touch. So that's why yeah. I bring people on. And I've had this like idea in the back of my mind for a long time where I just want to team up with an agency as if like it's part of, it's like my agency, but not. And yeah. I just work on like, the strategy and stuff behind it have like a little buddy uh agency or something yeah, yeah, that yeah. i can get involved with just so that i can still keep helping people with agency life <laughs> you know, i, I that think that's huge because i think yeah i've i've said it a couple times but like to me the empathy for your in your your case the it's um what's the the company content uh, content, snare. content snare excuse me so yeah. in your case, having empathy for those people that need that. And I, I, you know, listening to some of your other podcasts, I, I appreciated the fact that you, I mean, I mean, I know as an agency that that's a huge problem, the, the getting the content from, and I know that that's where it, the idea originated for you is kept <laughs> on talking to yeah. agencies and you probably experienced it yourself of like, that's a horrible experience to not have the content and to, so well, yeah. are we allowed to talk about the content snare and how it works? Uh, yeah, sure. sure I mean, about it on here before, <laughs> but what is, what is the, how does it get content better from, um, from clients? Cause so, so I feel like we should, we should do this at the end. Okay, let's uh, again. yeah. Just cause I don't want to disjoint no, the you're right. uh, content thing. Right. Like I'm, I'd love to talk about content snare all you're day. Right, absolutely and I, like, right. I'm, I'm sorry. Much my job. No, don't be sorry. Okay. So I, uh, I, I want to, I have one, pretty nuclear or more important point that I want to get to here. So let me go into that. Yeah. Um, sure. So I think, you know, we were talking about it with radio ROI and direct mail ROI, but I think to me to really get where you're going with content that will actually convert for you, it'll actually bring in new clients. I think it's important to ask what else that these people, your ideal customers, what are they solving their problems with right now? So a lot of our ideal customers are solving the problem of more leads for their you know, service-based business with HomeAdvisor and these, these things that are essentially a giant marketing arm for them. And what else are they doing? And how can they use that alternative solution? So being the one providing the information about that. So I actually did a podcast about how to use HomeAdvisor to get more leads, even though I don't want them to use HomeAdvisor. <laughs> and, you know, what else could you do if you decided to go away from HomeAdvisor? You know what I mean? So, but if you talk about those things that they're currently using to solve their problem, and then pivot it a little bit to say you also might want to own your brand and, and ultimately own that experience. It allows you to kind of pivot it. And I know that everyone doesn't serve contractors. So it's, it's that empathy, it's understanding your audience and it's understanding how they're currently solving that problem. And, you know, at that point, if you do content, that's really about that, like for instance, getting leads through home advisor, getting leads through Hauser, or whatever your niche is and how they're currently solving that problem, you can actually add, a form to the end of that blog post and people will actually fill it out because it's just that yeah. high intent and it's right at that point where they're actually trying to solve their problem. And yeah. I, I love that because like the fact that it, it's tools that they're already using or ch trying to uh, 
like, like things they're already using to solve their problem. That like that is like a quote right there, yeah. the, like the best kind of stuff to write about. And because as soon as you were saying it, I'm like, that's the perfect opportunity to to have like even several call to actions throughout that to be like, you know, there it's are other way. options for lead generation. Yeah, right. And because that's some of our most successful blog posts. Like um, I've got one about uh, creating website design questionnaires, right, you know? to get um, – information from uh clients when you're first bringing on a client kind of like a brief um and i know there's a lot of information for a client to fill out there so uh sometimes they will stop in the middle you know like it's a just to a, so I, I interject these little bits in there uh saying stuff like um you can fix this process like if it's too much for your clients um you'll actually get more people through if you set this up as a form that they can come through multiple times with automatic yeah. email reminders and you can set this up with content snare. Oh. So I have that kind of natural ones where it's in the content. I have like that's um, beautiful. boxes that stand out and of course like a call to action yeah. at the end. And I was like that's a good important that's important to say. It's like these call to actions can be different visually. They can be kind of wrapped with some kind of container so they're called out or yeah, like one is literally in the content as if it's part of the blog post. One's like a giant yellow box yeah. and one is an opt-in form, you know, so they're, <laughs> they're all very different. And I think that, you know, it is important in certain ways to not sell within the content. Like that's my strategy, at least. I, I don't sell within the content. You don't want it to be like this kind of sneaky thing. That's why I like to actually call it out separately and visually so that it's like, this content is good. It's going to help you solve your problem, but ultimately you might need something a little stronger. So I, yeah, I can help you with I that. I think, thanks for calling yeah. me out on that because um, what I didn't really emphasize there is that the stuff in the content, when it's actually part of the content, yeah. it's not like super salesy. I hate sleazy salesy can smell that. stuff. It's like, yeah. yeah, when it's like content veiled as sales, yeah. totally Holy no. That's why the other main two are called out. But I also, I will mention it like casually in the content, not like you should go and buy this now, buy this now, like NLP sort of crap. Like I'm not doing any of this. It's literally just like, like, like content snare is something that can help with this next sentence. Yeah. And every, you know, maybe this is common for a lot of people, but every single page on your website needs the call to action at the end of the page, you know, and, and it, you know, content, this is a topic about content. So to- content, we're normally talking about text and maybe some images, but I am like so gung-ho on video and it's funny to, oh, yeah. funny to me that a lot of agencies, even really smart, sexy, savvy agencies are just not even touching on video. They're just over here kind of la da da Yeah, we're just going to keep on blogging when they themselves are consuming a lot of the information that they consume on a regular basis through video. They enjoy it more. They like watching videos on LinkedIn. They like watching, you know, whatever. So, I mean, we put out three to four videos a week right now, two or three blog posts, and we do a Facebook Live as part of one of those. And then we're a lot more focused on LinkedIn, obviously, because, you know, our clients are businesses. Um, but yeah. But to me, there's a lot of opportunity on LinkedIn just because there's an ar- arbitrage. The um, the algorithm on LinkedIn is kind of um, open for manipulation yeah. at this point, just because it's <laughs> advanced. And you know, I even throw it in our Slack for our company and be like, "All right, hack the algorithm." You know, everyone like this, and 
<laughs> I was at this thing the other, on Friday and every agency that I talked to, maybe not every agency, but a lot of them came up and were like, what are you doing? I'm like, like, I see your stuff like constantly. And ultimately I know that my competitors are not the ones that I need to impress, but my goal was essentially to scare the shit out of our competing agencies. And ultimately I think we're doing all right on that. Scared the shit out of them. Cause I want them to think like, ultimately uh-huh. if they're, and if they're seeing it, other clients are seeing it too on LinkedIn. Just on the video thing, yeah. I, I know a lot of smart people who are making video their main thing at the moment yeah. and LinkedIn and YouTube seem to be where they're focusing. Like I know people that have been doing a lot of the Facebook thing and a lot of the Instagram thing and they're all moving away from it uh, to those two platforms. Um, even guys that have been previously successful with them, obviously because, well, sorry, not obviously, I assume because their reach is dropping. Yeah. Uh and, and and I mean, we're all seeing the effects of of the algorithm and how hard it is to get noticed now. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, Instagram for us has just been like, I like it for like photos and stuff like that. But like sitting there t- doing B two B content is just no one cares. I I spent maybe an hour the other day uh, just trying to work out if Instagram is something I should be revisiting. Yeah. And I was looking up loads of different hashtags for uh, business accounts, right? For web designers or digital agencies or like UX and like it went to so many different things and just would click on random posts and see what the engagement was like and how many followers they had versus the engagement. And every single one of them, uh, sorry, bar like two were just bots. It was all just bot engagement or no no engagement, even though they had tons of followers the only ones that had engagements were like personal brand type ones where it was like if i if i'm not you know this is going to sound dodgy but honestly the the only two i found that had engagement were like a fairly attractive designer lady who had loads of photos of herself on the thing hey you gotta work it if you got it i mean oh yeah don't take that for granted if you got it because it is an an (laughs) opportunity and i mean like i will say on the other hand that Instagram stories, when we have something funny to share, like it's just, I have low, I have low expectations for it. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't expect it to do that much. So I do use Instagram stories to engage the people that we know and are kind of part of our community, but I don't expect a ton from it. And I've tried everything. I'm I'm not like too proud. So I've done automation. I've done all kinds of different things. I've tried everything. And I don't judge it. I'm just a really pragmatic person. Um, so I don't necessarily like I'm, I've tried like auto liker things or whatever. And ultimately that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done it too. It's just, oh, so that, yeah, it's just very hard yeah. to maintain. And ultimately the algorithm catches up to you, but you got to use what you can while it works. And that's why I'm on LinkedIn yeah. and that's why I'm pushing video hard. And so let's talk about that. Let's instead of talking about things that aren't working, yeah, let's, let's talk about that, that was my Well, bad. sometimes um, it's it's helping people not waste their time. True that. True yeah. that. So let's but let's talk about LinkedIn and, and what is working for you with video. Yes, sir. Go for it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't really have a question. Okay, I yeah. just want to know what's no, working. No, no, absolutely. Like, so yeah, we've uh, we've had a lot of luck with that. I do one minute videos. That's that's ultimately yeah, I, I've heard this a little yeah. bit actually. I've heard a few people mention the one. I do the video. like little progress bar at the bottom, like Gary V. I don't know if you follow him. Um, and then, no. and then like the the 
captions at the bottom that kind of go. So if you're taking a shit, you can still consume my content easily. And then a little spicy headline at the top. So I do the whole square thing and make it easy to consume. And to me, that's part of empathy is, is, Wait, just quickly, progress bar, is it, is it like a video play bar yeah, that's at the bottom? Yeah, of it? it looks like it, you can tell where you're at on the video and how it's about to be done, you know what I mean? That is so amazing. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've not even noticed it. Uh, I, and the reason I love that is because that's targeted at me. Yeah, because, you because don't, I, yeah. Like, I've noticed that even, even if I'm watching a video that I'm enjoying yeah. watching, I'll still click it to bring up the bar yeah. to see how much is left. Yeah. Is this thing so giving like, value in one minute or two minutes? Because ultimately, that's all I got, and I shouldn't be here in the first place. I, sh- yeah, I shouldn't be. On, I shouldn't be wasting time right now on social media. So if you're going to give me something of value, give it to me quick. This is like, yeah, this is exactly squashing that sort of thing. I remember this is a, a funny topic. It's like the the false or the the time constraint. Like giving if you want to talk to someone who's busy. This is going to sound super dodgy, but I know this is like, a, and I learned this from my days when I was a um, in the space of teaching guys how to get better with girls. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a long time ago now. Uh, I'm engaged now. Just <laughs> so it's been like probably twelve years. Okay. But um, like a, a time constraint is such a. a did you ever once thing. in a while just did you ever just once in a while just tell them? Uh, so you're going to want to. Look like me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no. Listen, I listening and not watching James as a handsome. So. Uh, well, thank you, yeah. but I, I, I'm going to call bullshit on that because I definitely don't think my looks has been uh, any part of uh, – I'm punching way above my weight with uh, my lady. But anyway, uh, I just found time constraints were yeah. like such yeah. a – like if someone's a bit awkward about yeah. talking to you or something – you, you can say like, I can't, I can't stay long or whatever. Yeah. And it really relaxes people. And I feel like that's the same principle at work there on that little bar down the bottom. Yeah, exactly. How, how do you add that? Is that easy I, to I'm add doing to a that video? In Premiere and ultimately all I'm doing is moving a rectangle like this along the screen. So it's all, it's really, ah, uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Premiere. Premiere Pro is an Adobe product, and ultimately, there's not there's a lot of very simple video editing things out there, and you don't necessarily have to use one or the other. But just mm-hmm. having kind of some empathy for the people watching it, and I, I mean, like, if people are listening to this in the next, it's it's uh, sorry, how long does it take for you to publish your podcast? I don't know. This is probably going to be out at the start of July. Okay, so it's still working. This is probably going to still work for the... I I don't know how long this is going to work for. This is probably not an evergreen piece of content, but three, five months, I'm guessing they're not going to fix this algorithm. And like ultimately, like if you you spend some time on video on LinkedIn, you can probably leverage this. It's, It's awesome for agencies, in my opinion. It's ultimately intimidating the share of our competitors and we we're already getting like leads from it and stuff like that. So is this, are you talking about the fact that you're just getting a bunch of people on to like it? No, I'm just talking about using LinkedIn and, and actually basically creating short form video content for LinkedIn. That's actually good. Well, see, yeah. I don't see that as a hacky yeah, trick. No, but, anyway. you, but like, you know what I mean? Like the algorithm is ultimately giving disproportionate amount of value on those videos on LinkedIn. So when I say hack, I just mean like 
it's real good there right now. Like, I don't know if you ever did yeah. Facebook like seven years ago or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I was doing it for a restaurant. This is how I got into marketing. And like, we were able to just like do kind of crazy amounts of engagement on a Facebook page just by oh, doing yeah. like slightly like cheeky, like mildly sexual, like food content. And like, <laughs> it was really fun and we had a good time and I was like a, you know, on the serving staff there and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, this is before I got fully into um, agency life and that time was a, an unusual time for Facebook's algorithm because they fixed it. <laughs> they fixed it yeah. so pages don't get that kind of love as much anymore. And I think LinkedIn is going through a sweet spot right now for people that really put a lot of effort there. Yeah, but I mean, helpful video uh, is never going to be like a hacky yeah. thing. You're like, it, it, sure, you can get extra reach with it now, yeah. and I'm sure at some point it will slow down. I mean, if everyone jumps on it, it'll slow down. It That's how it always. Yeah, went. it definitely. Yeah. I think I'm. I don't give it a year. I don't think it's going to be the same next year. Yeah, but but even then, like when people are seeing you regularly on video and if, if you're actually helping them so they, they stop and watch it, it's never going to be a bad thing. It's, it's the same as like a podcast, right? If people have us in their ears, they feel like they know us better. Yeah. Uh, it's just a thing. Like I, I, all the podcasts I listen to, I remember when I met Lee Jackson for the first time, I think I'd spoken to him like twice, but I felt uh, he's a guy from Agency Trailblazers. If you guys mm -hmm. don't listen to that podcast, go and check out um, Agency Trailblazer. It's an awesome podcast. But, you know, I've been listening to him for ages yeah. and it was just like, felt like we were friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I've, spoke, I've spoken to this guy like properly twice, yet I feel like we're friends. So um, having that familiarity from audio is crazy. I can only imagine video is like 10 times. Exactly. And you kind of, you know, look into the camera and, and make that connection, pretend like there's an ideal yeah. customer on the other side of the, the camera, talk to them. Don't make, I mean, I'm not making content for my competitors, even though I like to scare them. I am making it for <laughs> ideal customers. I'm pretending there's an ideal customer on the other side of that camera. And the, the evergreen pieces of this, like you said, being the content that's useful, being there, getting that familiarity, I think... I think the other thing is, oh, excuse me, my mic is being weird. I think the other thing Sorry. is spending a lot of time on distribution and not just the content. So the way you kind of remix the content, put it out there, spending the time there because just, you know, the old create it and they will come thing, obviously that doesn't work. Yeah, well, and that is perfect because I'd like to talk about yeah, that if you don't mind because um, I actually had a note to talk about um, getting the content, like those questions. We were writing questions before, yeah. like how are you getting this stuff found? Yeah. You know, is this, is this through sharing? Is this through SEO? Yeah. Where do you go? Most of it is through SEO. So doubling down on what works. So when we start to see some organic traffic happening, we go back and revisit those posts and we, we double the content on those posts. So are you spending? Uh, sorry, what's that? Sorry, we had a little, uh, we had a little connection hiccup there, but um, are you spending time on like specifically on SEO for these posts when they go live? Yes. Are you doing link building and this kind of stuff? I think I let things kind of shake out a little bit. Just like on Facebook, I, I like to see a little bit of organic engagement before I spend some Facebook ad money. Like I like to see mm -hmm. that it worked, like it's connecting with at least a couple people organically. 
And the same goes for like where we spend our effort, I think, on the on the SEO side, because links, if you buy them, they're expensive. If you go and guest post and write, they're expensive. If you do, you know what I mean? It's time intensive. So Mm -hmm. I like to see what kind of shakes out. I create a lot of content. I think the best keyword research and finding out which keywords are going to work is writing a lot and then seeing what ranks and then what it starts. I mean, not everyone has time for this, but you know, I really like it. So I think part of it is enjoying writing and enjoying researching and then seeing what works. And then I double down and then I'll go try to guest post and get links back to it or whatever my LinkedIn search is. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So this is kind of pretty similar to the way I operate. Um, so I think it's important to say that you'd need at least a little bit of um, SEO basics here just for the post itself Yeah. Um, to know how to, you know, making sure it's got a H1 and all this sort of stuff. I don't want to dig into this now. We've got yeah. plenty of other um, talks on this. Um, if you go search for, I think, Pete Everett um, on agencyhighway.com, uh, that's E-V-E-R-I-T-T. We had a big chat about SEO. So Exactly. I did um, listen to that one too, so... Oh, nice. Uh, awesome stuff. Because yeah. that wasn't that long. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I mean, but the, what I was getting to here is that if you have a strong domain, like you've done a lot of work on SEO in the past and you, you're building good content and getting links and over time building a strong domain, you'll find you naturally start ranking for stuff, especially these questions that you're getting from clients that may not be served elsewhere on Google, if no one else has been really serving all these questions, you're going to be, you know, one of only a few results and it's going to be very easy for you to start ranking. And that like, like you said there, then that's my, might be when I go revisit them, add some more content, make it more robust, try to target some other similar keywords in the same post, start building links to it. And then that one post will go gangbusters. And then, then I, that's when I might start rewording the content to put calls to action in and that sort of stuff. Exactly. exactly. And I think yeah. that the old school thought was like, bust out content as much as you possibly can, put out all these 500 word blog posts. And and now to me, you, we already talked about it at the beginning, but it's about that comprehensive content. And once you know it is a topic that people, that there is demand for, really making a really comprehensive guide about it. And it's like, it's so much easier if you're niched. And it's so much easier if you're specializing in a particular area of digital marketing so that you can you can offer this like actual domain authority, this specific knowledge that is hard to get at unless you're doing it on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, yep. distribution is so important, doubling down on what worked and a lot more time on those big comprehensive guides and, and landing pages. You know, don't sleep on making landing pages for specific subservices that you're trying to offer. And you know. I think spending more time on linking for those and and um, tweaking those and doing on-page SEO for those. There's a lot of fun things you can do. I mean, search engine optimization is fun. I do it on my yeah. I do it on my Friday nights. People are people <laughs> yeah. are out partying. I'm a nerd. I'm back at home. I'm doing on-page SEO, and and ultimately, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome man like i am definitely not working on friday nights but tuesday is my uh my Whatever seo do, day really. yeah and uh, it's one of my favorite yeah. things to do as well like i love d- digging into sem rush and ahrefs like yeah. i feel like i'm doing work and all i'm doing scrolling around yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it's weird. No, no, no. It does, it does get distracting sometimes for sure. But yeah, Ahrefs, I, I sit in there, or Ahrefs, I sit in there and uh, I love looking at like what I'm, what's new that I'm ranking for and like I like looking at competitors. Yeah, looking at competitors oh, yeah. to see what they're ranking for. Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, um, I think we're pretty close to being able to wrap up yeah, here, absolutely. but there is one thing I wanted to talk sure. about um, because this was a note um, we briefly mentioned earlier about the future of content marketing for agencies because obviously the blogging stuff, like the, yeah. the article stuff's awesome. Um, you talked about LinkedIn, but you weren't sure this is going to be like a, yeah. like a long-term thing. Like, is, what is the future? Video is definitely the future. It's, it's if you get into it quick right now and, and go hard on it, there's a lot of, uh, to me, that's arbitrage. Like you have an opportunity to get a disproportionate amount of attention. So the truth is, is it's just attention and content has been good enough to capture attention like like written content, excuse me. Now video will become standard and audio is obviously huge, but it's, it's having empathy for your audience. How do they want to consume this content? If it's audio, like I love audio. I love audio. I, that's why I like doing the podcast. I like doing pod, other people's podcasts. I like, um, but I also love consuming video. So maybe just note where you're consuming video or where you're consuming content and just be, it'd be like, oh, maybe the ideal customer, my ideal customer might want this as well. You know, um, the future future to yeah. me is just, it gets more comprehensive. It gets, you know, it has to necessarily has to get tighter on subject matter expertise. I read through Google's whole 140 page Google quality evaluators guidelines and their whole thing is on expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, and particularly in the medical niches and the financial niches, but it's going to spread outward from there and demonstrating expertise. That's why I said we get clients from our content right away in this podcast. I want you to know that. And ultimately, don't listen to people who can't demonstrate that expertise and that authoritativeness because... It's going to get, you know, and it's the same for you. Make sure, in, you know, in the beginning of your posts, you're talking very quickly about some result that you've gotten from this type of thing. But demonstrating that authoritativeness and trustworthiness and expertise is going to be more important in the future. Just because Google's quality evaluator guidelines, they do that manually with humans, but they're going to start to do, they're going to try to find ways to make that algorithmic. And I don't think it really is algorithmic yet. I don't think that they can figure that out from just on-page SEO signals yet. But in the, in the meantime, figure out ways to kind of indicate trustworthiness and track record at the beginning of your content, at the beginning of your videos even, because humans work that way as well. We, you know, there's a lot of bullshit artists out there. So you kind of got to say, hey, this is something that's worked. And this is how, you know. Um, and ultimately, it's it's just going to get harder. It's going to get harder because there's just a content glut on the internet right now. There's there's so much content. You and I don't want to waste our time on reading something from a guy who started his agency six months ago, right? Like, so ultimately, if we're reading a piece of content, we just tell me like some results that you've gotten first, and then I'll listen or whatever. Yeah, let's start with proof. Yeah, yeah that's like uh, yep. Awesome. So what do you do for agencies? 
Um, for agencies, I do absolutely nothing for agencies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said you you like might get clients out of this podcast. Oh, I, I was not, like, I thought no, I think you might have helped with this, uh, with content. I'm on this podcast for uh, just I don't know. I, I love uh, talking. Thanks, SEO. brother. Yeah, I'm, but uh, yeah, I'm also just I'm here to be part of the community. I'm I'm in this this uh, nonprofit board for search engine marketing in my state, and I don't. Uh, I don't really like get ever get clients out of that, but I am part of the community and I learn from people like you and mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I learn from other people that have been around this, this uh, world. So it's always good. Well, cheers, Tim. I really appreciate the, uh, the contribution. And just on that though, like when I was joking about links, I mean, that is an option. If you, uh, when I was talking about building up your domain yeah. as an authoritative domain, just so you can get other things ranking links from podcasts are some of the best because like, I, I interviewed an SEO guy uh, a while back, uh, Phil Singleton. And he told me that pretty much all he does for SEO now is go on podcasts. I love that. Because yeah, it's like what forty minutes of his time to jump on a call and just give value, yeah. uh, just stuff he knows about already, and he'll get a link from it uh, from that site. And I've noticed every time I go on a podcast, I end up getting syndicated on like random podcast host things and other nice. syndication networks. And links come in from everywhere because uh, they all come into Ahrefs. Yeah. That's how I see them. Yeah, and, uh, and and like so that's one big move. And let's just I like that we're ending with links, even though this is about content. Another, <laughs> another big move is to go out today, today, and sign up for Haro or help a reporter out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is, we got like 30 or 40 links. So if you just Google like using SEO or using Haro for SEO, my, I think my Medium post comes up, but I like link, I like list all these domains. And it's crazy the domains that we got off of Haro. I did, I did 360, wow. I did one a day, not, I guess not every day, but I did 365 Haro things in, in 365 days. So reporters go on there to get subject matter expertise and there's expertise yeah. and there's other bloggers and stuff that use it, but it's uh yeah, you can get a lot of links that way too. So awesome. We ended with two well, really, that is a really links. Hell yeah. That's a hell of a good tip to end up on. And I was actually looking for like another fairly simple strategy oh, I could add. And I, and I already knew about this stuff, 15, but I just completely minutes, forgot about 15, it. 15 yeah. minutes a day. And so I, I, yeah. I, I think of close rate because we have, you know, sales, but um, I think I got like three out of every 10. So just understand there is some wow. failure rate, but it's ultimately yeah. these, the domains skew a little higher domain authority domain authority matters for the links and and ultimately it's almost good that you don't have control over what they're linking back to you with because it's yeah. another thing i always get obsessed with if i'm building links in a more unnatural way which of course i never do yeah absolutely i mean i wink. could talk about S- <laughs> hey? wink wink <laughs> i could talk about seo all day um so i'm gonna have to stop us right yes, now because we've probably there's a lot of stuff uh we've covered today um, i'm just looking at my notes here and the like yeah there's so much actionable stuff here so thank you so much for sharing absolutely man and thank you for having me on your podcast where can people go to find out more yeah, about you if they do want to check it out Yeah, check my stuff out on uh, tim brown of hook agency on linkedin if you want to see what i'm doing with those videos because i honestly think it'd be smart to do that for any agency 
Tim Brown, Hook Agency, like them all, help me hack the heck the algorithm. Yeah, and then, totally. Yeah, Hook Agency all over social, hookagency.com. Check out our blog. We're pretty uh, intense on there. And, you know, steal uh-huh. all of our keywords. No, just kidding. <laughs> awesome. And of course, I will link both of these up, uh, Tim Brown's profile and uh, Hook Agency. And that will all be in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 5656. Uh, yeah. Tim, thanks so much, man. This has been awesome. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. See you guys. Damn it. We had a little connection blip there. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.